welcome. My name's Mason, and this is Mace on The Bad Batch, Episode 7, titled Battle Scars. And uh, it's going to be pretty hard to talk about this episode without spoiling anything, uh, because uh, a couple of big things happen in here. Uh, but I'll do my best. Uh, I'll give a couple of non-spoiler thoughts, and then I'll jump into uh, everything that happens in this episode. So, uh, to give my non-spoiler thoughts on the episode, I will just say that I feel like this episode gets us back to what people were wanting, gets us back to the main storyline uh, with Clone Force 99, with the Bad Batch uh, and their journey, uh, particularly in the area of uh, those inhibitor chips where we saw last week that Wrecker, uh, he was probably... Uh, struggling more than ever with his headaches after hitting his head repeatedly, we saw that he was starting to say that terrible phrase, good soldiers follow orders. Uh, And this episode does uh, pick up from where that left off in a way. Um, And so it takes us where I think we all knew the series was going to go in the fact that they are going to have to deal with these inhibitor chips at some point and then... How do they deal with that? What is what are the ramifications? Um, you know, uh, how big of an influence will that inhibitor chip play uh, before they're able to deal with it? Uh, so this episode kind of answers some of those big questions, um, and we also get the return of uh, a character who was teased at the end of the previous episode. We saw someone in a cloak, uh, kind of talking to. Uh, Trace and Rafa. So we do get to find out who that was um, in this episode. And I'll just say that I think that, you know, you look at an episode that's called Battle Scars and you immediately think, oh no, like, what are they going to do to me emotionally in this episode? Uh, Is it going to get dark? Is it going to get heavy? Um, And I I will say that this episode uh, both was Uh, surprising in some ways and unsurprising in other ways with how everything is dealt with. Um, And that's about as much as I can say other than I really liked the episode. I thought it was really solid. I think it it is the first episode in a line of episodes that will be very dramatic, uh, very action heavy. Uh, I think we are going to get back to that main kind of narrative through line with the Empire um, and the people who are after the Bad Batch. Uh, and all that stuff. So I'm excited to see where the series goes from this week. You know, I I checked things out on Twitter, and, you know, someone was saying that one of the creatives involved basically said, like, buckle up from here on out. So we're in for a wild ride, Uh, and I think we see that in this episode. So uh, the wild ride has begun. I don't know how long this ride's going to continue. If it is from this episode all the way through, like, the last... I guess nine episodes that are left for the season is just going to be a nonstop thrill ride week to week. Uh, are we going to get longer episodes? This episode was a couple minutes longer, but it, in some ways it actually felt shorter with the way that the pacing goes. It really felt like it was over in a flash, like before you knew it. So I'm excited to see, like I said, where the series goes from here. And so I am going to jump into spoilers. I'm sorry I didn't have much to say uh, in the non-spoiler department. Uh, but this really is like uh, you really have to watch the episode uh, before you can really can really talk about it. So uh, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, please go watch it and you can come back for the rest of this podcast. And if you have seen it, uh, keep on listening. And uh, I'm excited to talk about the rest of this episode. So as this ep- episode opens, uh, you know, I think that the writers did something really clever at the beginning of this episode, which is they established that there is a tradition 
between Omega and Wrecker. And, you know, it kind of reaffirms the fact that amongst the group, I think the strongest bond within the Bad Batch is that bond between Omega and Wrecker, more so than any other pairing uh, within that group. You know, Wrecker and Omega, they are the heart of this family. Uh, And so I think this episode does a great job of kind of reestablishing that at the beginning of the episode, as well as creating an opportunity for the callback that we get at the end of the episode, which makes that moment so much more resonant, makes it so much more powerful because they kind of laid the seeds for it right at the beginning of the episode. And that is the fact that they have a tradition that after every mission, uh, they they eat that Mantel mix. I think it was Mantel mix. Um, and so I think that that is really, um, it's such a sweet thing that they have this little tradition um, and, and that uh, it shows us that they've, it also shows us in a way that, you know, as they're talking about the invoice with Sid uh, and all of the money that they owe her for things like docking fees, uh, refueling and repairs, whatever, whatever it is, uh, they think that they're supposed to be making more credits than they're making. But the fact is they are into Sid for some costs. And among those costs are the, are the costs for that mix uh, that they eat after every mission. And it says that there's an invoice uh, for 20 cartons of this mix that they eat uh, at the end of every mission. So that would imply that as a team, uh, they've done about 10 missions together, if, if that's the only time they eat this mix. Um, so I'm guessing that they've done about 10 missions together. This episode picks up where they are kind of wrapping up a mission in very comedic fashion. Uh, I love the fact that Wrecker is so easily freaked out by a lizard who kind of like does an alien reference uh, where it jumps onto his face and he has like a face hugger moment. I thought that the comedy that opens this episode is great. But again, uh, in the beginning of this episode, we see Wrecker hitting his head again as he's dealing with that with that animal. And so it's like, okay, in this episode, are we finally going to deal with the inhibitor chip and I guess I was surprised that, you know, I thought that after the previous episode where he was really struggling, I thought that this next episode would kind of pick up right after that where it's like, okay, something's wrong with record. And, you know, when this episode picks up, yes, we see early on in the episode, something's wrong with record, but it feels like this episode takes place sometime after that. You know, we know his headaches are becoming more frequent, but I thought we were really at like a breaking point. Uh, in terms of him being able to control uh, his own mind. But I guess that after that previous mission, uh, there have been some gaps uh, where they've done more missions together, and I guess it's been back and forth. But, you know, as this episode opens, in addition to seeing their tradition, uh, we also see that there is a hooded figure uh, that's hanging out in Sid's bar um, and kind of getting into conflict with some of the other aliens. Uh, that are wanting to basically uh, get him out of there, get them out of their seat. Uh, we see that he is not messing around as he takes out or threatens at least uh, some of the people that are trying to mess with him. And it's like, okay, is this, who's the person? You know, we see the brown eyes. A lot of people have brown eyes, you know. Um, but it's like, okay, who's this hooded figure? Is it Rex? Uh, is it someone else? Um, is it a Jedi? Uh, who is it? And we find out that it is Rex, in fact. So last week, I think I was really big on the fact that I thought it was Ahsoka based on the droid uh, and based on the previous relationship with Trace and Rafa. Uh, But it looks like Rex uh, has been kind of in contact with the Rebels and Trace and Rafa, I think, are in contact contact with the Rebels. So it looks like uh, that's, that's been the 
he was the one who was bridging the gap here, uh, or I guess Trace and Rafa are bridging the gap between Rex uh, and the other clones. So he's come to check out how they're doing, uh, what they've been up to, uh, and he quickly discovers that Wrecker is in fact uh, having headaches, uh, that he's complaining about his head, which immediately triggers Rex. Like he has that very, very strong reaction. And he's talking about how like how dangerous the inhibitor chips are. He can't believe they haven't taken them out yet. He doesn't trust that they can't be influenced by them. And you know, Tech's like, oh no, we're all good. Like we're beyond the effects of the inhibitor chip. But you know, I think we uh, Rex is right to be afraid because we've seen you know we've seen that Wrecker's having these headaches, and we automatically tie it to the inhibitor chip. But it's not necessarily something that the rest of the crew have done. So it's great that Rex comes in as someone who knows uh, the potential damage that these chips can cause and lead to, as you know, he was impacted by his inhibitor chip. Uh, and, and I love that moment where, you know, he's kind of like, as he says, you, you, know, um, you know, he wasn't really able to uh, fight back. Like he's had an experience with the inhibitor chip and you know he's thinking of how he kind of turned on his friends. Um, so I think it's great, uh, great emotional callback there with Rex. Uh, as he's talking about the inhibitor chips. And so we go on this mission. He says, okay, let me get back to you about where we can have this thing removed, uh, which takes them to this uh, shipyard for wrecked uh, cruisers and things like that. And I, I just have to say, I don't think I've mentioned it in this podcast so far, but the animation is just stellar. Uh, no pun intended. But it is like, it is it is truly incredible. Like the landscapes that they have, especially with the shipyard, it's just so epic in scale. Like, I can't believe, you know, the leap that we've taken from the original Clone Wars movie and animated series all the way into where we're at now. Like, this is a high-end animated production. Like, it is no joke. And the fact that they're doing 16 episodes, like, this was not a cheap season of TV to make. Uh, and I really have to applaud the the team that's doing the animation work uh, for this series because it is... It is outstanding. And, you know, I, I really thought, like, as they're coming into this shipyard, I was like, you could put that shipyard in the background of the Mandalorian. And I would almost believe that that is like, you know, that that, that would be a real background that they're standing in front of. So, you know, you could put that in the volume and I'd be like, yeah, I, I think that they're in a shipyard. Um, that's like how good the animation is. So I have to applaud that uh, before I continue. But as they arrive in the shipyard, you know, it is under watch. Uh, there are people who are watching the shipyard, who are reporting to the Empire, uh, so they have to be careful. They don't want to get caught in the shipyard, uh, but they can use the medical bay that's on board one of the cruisers. So they're going to this medical bay. Uh, there's a great moment where we see something moving in the water, and Rex says basically, you know, stay above the waterline, which, you know, as we get, as they get in, like, as they're walking through the cruiser, uh, and Wrecker, who again is like, he's such a tough guy. But he's, he's such a scaredy cat as well. Like, he can be incredibly tough and then incredibly vulnerable uh, in the next moment. And I just love the way that they play this tough guy getting scared for comedy. I think it's great uh, the way that they use Wrecker in this episode. But we also see, like, when Wrecker is, you know, about to fall or when he's afraid to cross, we have Omega again as his encourager. Like, she's really, uh, really sweet with Wrecker. She encourages him. She supports him. As a friend, she's like, you can do it. You can get across and, you know, don't worry about it. Just look at the wire. 
Um, and it's great to see that that relationship. Like there are a couple moments that do a great job in this episode by creating these relational moments between Omega and Wrecker so that when there is the turn later on in the episode, it hits even harder, not just because of the previous episodes, but also what we're seeing in this episode leading up to the conflict. So just the pacing uh, and the structure of this episode uh, is really incredible. But you know, as Wrecker's trying to cross, like, he's the biggest dude, so he's going to have the most problems. Uh, and that wire does, that cable does not support his weight. And what's interesting is that he doesn't go below the waterline, but even though he's, just by being near the waterline, uh, he becomes in danger of this creature that looks very similar to the one that was in The Mandalorian Season 2 uh, that they kind of toss Grogu into, uh, or try to toss Grogu into, um, but when they have that conflict and then the Mandalorian show up to rescue them on that ship with them, uh, I can't remember the, the name of the species, but it's that episode, you know, uh, Grogu gets tossed to this big creature that's, that's under the ship and it's a big, it's a big trap. So, uh, it looked like a similar creature. I don't know if it is the same one, but it looks similar in design. Uh, I'm sure someone on the internet will, will let me know. Um, but I just thought that um, that whole like action sequence was a great beat uh, as they're trying to get to this medical bay. It shows that sweet moment between Omega and Wrecker. It shows Wrecker swinging and smashing into the side of this cruiser again. Uh, so we get that additional aggravation to his head and to his body. And then by the time they sit down to scan his head, uh, we see, and again, credit to the animation team and the music team, the way that as they're scanning Wrecker's head, his, his, um, his expression shifts. And there's something in the music and there's something in the expression that you immediately go, oh, crap. <laughs> like, this is not good. And I, I think that it was brilliant that the, the member of the team who has the issue with their inhibitor chip is by far like the most intimidating member on the team. He is a wrecking ball. He is like a smasher. And so when that person flips, that's like the person that you do not want uh, to turn bad because he will annihilate anyone in his path. So you really feel the fear as he turns and as he puts his helmet on, you're just like, oh, oh no, it's about to go down. And like, it's so... Like it's heartbreaking because of the of the relationship between Omega and Wrecker. And like when this happens, this is where I say this episode was surprising and not surprising. Like I was not at all surprised that Wrecker finally the switch finally flips in Wrecker's head. Um, and he does get, become under control of the inhibitor chip. He does turn on the team. Where I and then the question when that happens is, okay, what is the extent of the damage in this scene going to be. We know that Rex is safe because he appears later on in Rebels, and we know that they're not going to, like, kill o Omega because she's the kid. Like, Omega's safe. She's the Grogu of this series. Like, nothing's going to happen to her. But pretty much anyone else is kind of fair game. Like, she could... Um, Wrecker could take out Hunter. He could take out Tech. He could take out Echo. Like... What's the damage going to be? Or are they going to have to put down Wrecker uh, to prevent him from taking one of them out? But as we see this conflict, we do see that they are using, um, they're trying to stun, they're shooting to stun 
uh, not to kill. Whereas Wrecker is definitely shooting to kill. He's aiming to take all of them out. Uh, but we do see them u- using like the, the, I don't know, their blasters are set to stun. Uh, and so uh, they're trying to take down Wrecker without killing him, without hurting him. But he is not uh, as concerned for the safety of others. So another note before this conflict, by the way, is the w- I love the way that Tech is like taking in the surroundings. Like, I don't think uh, this is a sterile environment anymore. Um, but it's, but I, I thought that was a very, very Tech thing to say. So uh, I thought that was great. But back into the conflict, like we really feel uh, the emotional weight of this because it comes down to like, you know, Wrecker is closing in uh, or, you know, Omega uh, is in a situation where she is forced with this decision. Like she does not want to hurt Wrecker, but she also doesn't want him to hurt anyone else. But ultimately, obviously, she's not going to she's not going to shoot her best friend. And fortunately, Rex is able to come in. Uh, and stun Wrecker and take him down. But that whole scene where Wrecker flips and the helmet comes on again was such a great, dramatic, like heavy, intense, frightening scene that is done so well through the voice, the way that his voice changes, the way that his face changes, and the way that like the music or the sound effects kind of kick in with that flip. It's like, oh... Oh no, I am terrified right now. I have no idea what's going to happen. So uh, again, throughout this episode, just incredibly well done. And you know, I will I will also say that in the previous episodes, a lot of people have been complain- complaining about the pacing. But I really feel like if we put this episode in, let's say we put it episode four, where we've had like the premiere and then like a couple more episodes with the team, I don't think that this episode carries the same dramatic weight if we put it in earlier in the season. Like, I think we needed those five episodes to really flesh out that relationship between Omega and Wrecker, to flesh out the relationship among the team, to establish all of these things uh, so that we really feel the weight of this moment, especially just the, 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 the potential tragedy of either Wrecker killing Omega or harming Omega or Omega having to kill or harm Wrecker, you know, neither one of them we see, we know neither one of them in their heart wants to hurt the other one. So really lends great dramatic weight to the episode. And I think that we needed those those five-ish episodes, A, to establish additional storylines that we can come back to, but B, to make this episode as effective as it was. Uh, so I really applaud uh, the 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 pacing of the series so far I think has been has been pretty good even though there were some complaints early on and I even had my issues with like the kitty stuff with rec- with um with Omega in like episode two I know that I wasn't super into it but I've definitely fully come around to what they're doing they know what they're doing with the series like Filoni's overseeing it he's not the director he's not the writer of every episode there are some incredible writers uh, who. I don't have their names in front of me right now, but in, in future episodes, I'll definitely make sure to come back and credit the writing and directing team for these episodes because, you know, everyone's kind of putting this on like, oh, Filoni, Filoni's doing amazing. But really, there's a whole creative team, I think, that needs to be acknowledged. Anyway, coming back to this episode, um, I love at the end, like that moment, you know, and we see like, OK, they they all like get the get the chips taken out. But. And this is where I didn't know what was going to happen is that when Wrecker comes out of that machine after they've taken the the chip out, he is not responsive. And I was like, 
oh, please don't do this to me. Like, please, it's too early. It's too soon. This is not a season finale. It's not the, it's, it, you can't do this. Episode seven. Uh, it would have been, it would have been such a twist, such a shock to lose him that early. Uh, but fortunately, they very quickly answer like, oh no, he's, uh, his vitals, like he just hasn't fully stabilized yet, but he, he, he is alive. And so it's like, ooh, they give immediate relief there. But it was truly like in that moment, I thought they might like, they might actually go all the way here uh, with Wrecker and really like really kill him. Um, but fortunately, he's not dead. And we get this great moment between Omega and Wrecker at the end where I said there, that she has some of that mix saved. Uh, and that's her way of saying the mission's complete and we're okay. And, and the fact that, you know, before that record, you can see just the, the pain in Wrecker's eyes that he almost, you know, almost hurt or killed um, Omega, who he has such a love for, such an affection for. And there's such a sweetness in their relationship that he really feels the pain of like, that betrayal, that, that like, even though he, he wasn't under control and Omega knows that he wasn't under control and she forgives him. Um, but just the way and credit to D Bradley Baker, uh, in the voice work for this, cause you hear it in his voice. He's like, like she says, Oh, it's okay. And then he goes, yeah, but still I'm sorry, you know? And, and just like the, I can't do justice to it with my voice. I'm not a voice actor, but um, you know, just this, this, the line delivery was so good. Uh, and really like in that moment, you feel the emotion, you feel relief, um, that they're okay. And the, the perfect, just the perfection of Omega pulling out that mix and, and saying, Hey, the mission's complete. We're okay. Let's share this. We can't break tradition. And that's her way of saying like, Hey, let's get an ice cream. You know, like we're okay. Everything's okay. Uh, and I love that moment. I love the way that it was set up at the beginning of the episode and then delivered in this moment. I thought that that was, it was perfection. So well done. Um, and then we also see like, you know, I guess the question after this is, okay, so they've got their inhibitor chips out. Are they now going to try to capture Crosshair uh, and get his chip out? Like, and I think that's going to be part of the rest of the season is like, okay, they know that they can get these chips out. They know that Crosshair has been compromised, but he could still, they could still be able to capture him uh, and save him if they're able to, if they're able to do it. So I think that's where the story is going to go. I don't know if there's going to be uh, another, a potential tragic moment in that conflict where they're trying to get Crosshair. I don't know. I just know that, that things are going to get intense. There's going to be a lot of action. There will be levity. I'm sure there'll be light moments, plenty of comedy. But I think we're heading towards a pretty heavy uh, final nine-ish episodes for this season. So I'm interested to see where it goes. And then obviously at the end of the season, you know, I think by the end of the season, the Bad Batch will join the Rebels. I think that that's going to be like a finale thing. Um, but, you know, we see that, you know, Rex is saying like, hey, you know, let me know where you land when you decide what's best for your group, what you guys need to do. Uh, so we see the door open with Rex. I think we'll see Rex again. I think we'll see uh, Trace and Rafa again. I think we'll see more of the Rebels. I think by the end of the season, we'll see the Bad Batch joining the Rebels with Omega. I think Omega stays with them. Um, unless, of course, I guess there's, there, there is, there's probably multiple seasons of this. So we, I don't know what's going to happen if Omega's going to get captured at the end, like how they're going to set up a, a future season. But... Uh, I think that, you know, we are going to see them 
build that relationship with the Rebels, and I think that's where the series goes uh, for the future. But we'll see what happens with Crosshair. Uh, you know, at the end, we see that the Empire is alerted to intruders on the Jedi cruiser, uh, so that, you know, uh, they, they will be tracked, they will be traced, there will be conflict with the Empire, uh, whether they send, um, you know, whether they send Fennec Shand, uh, if that's, if she's working for them, or if they send, uh, you know, their new squad with Crosshair, probably the squad with Crosshair, I'm guessing, is going to be after them, but Fennec Shand's also still after them, so I think we're going to see a lot of conflict, basically, coming up in future episodes, so I'm excited to see where it goes, and, uh, you know, we've seen Rex Will we still, is there, there is an opportunity. Will we see Ahsoka? Will we see other, uh, I guess she's really the only Jedi we might see, but will we come back? Will we see Caleb again? Will we see, uh, will we get a little glimpse of Obi-Wan uh, out in hiding or, you know, anything like that? Uh, so I don't know. I don't think so, but we'll see. We'll see if we get any more, if we cross paths with any more surviving Jedi um, or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, I think that we are going to see them on the run again. I think that there is going to... I would guess that they're going to get traced back to Sid's place. I think there's going to be a showdown at Sid's place. Whether it's in the next episode or soon, whether we get another mission in between, I don't think we are. I don't think we're getting another mission in between. I think it's all like straightforward action, big plot stuff moving forward. But I could be wrong. I'm not the writer, so I don't know. But... Uh, that's it for my thoughts on this episode. Once again, I thought it was um, one of the strongest of the season. I don't know if it tops the premiere for me because the premiere was was outstanding, but maybe my favorite since the premiere. Um, and so, but the last thing I'll say is I mentioned that this episode was both surprising and unsurprising for me. The surprising part was they resolved the entire inhibitor chip inhibitor chip issue. Um, within this single episode. They didn't drag it out. Like, they didn't let Wrecker escape or anything like that. Like, they resolved the whole thing within this episode. So that's what surprised me, uh, is that it all was dealt with within this one episode. So I thought that that was... And I appreciate it, because we spent all this time leading up to uh, with Wrecker and the inhibitor chip, and it's like, okay, we need to deal with this, deal with this. But they dealt with it all in one episode. So I thought that was great. The other thing is, Omega said uh, she doesn't have an inhibitor chip, but the question is, does she? Like, maybe? Is, is there something uh, in her that is not necessarily an inhibitor chip, but is there a way for her to be turned against the Bad Batch? Because uh, we now, our defenses are down, right? Like, we're like, okay, the inhibitor chips are out. Like, this team's cool. But can Omega be turned against them in some way? Is there something uh, in the way that she has been programmed or the way that she has been enhanced that will make her dangerous? Um, and with her enhancement, she is incredibly perceptive in this episode. And it's on the line, right? Like, maybe her enhancement is incredible perception. Uh, she's able to notice these small details rather than it being Force-sensitive. So I don't know. But anyway, that was my lingering question was like, okay... They make, a, they make it a point for Omega to say she doesn't have an inhibitor chip. So is there something else going on with Omega? Are we going to see some, some, something else happening there? I don't know. Tinfoil hat. But um, yeah, I think that's it for my thoughts on this episode. If you've seen it, let me know what you thought. I uh, would love to hear it. You can let me know on Twitter or Instagram at MaceOnMovies. You can send me a voice message through the Anchor app. Uh, and if you are enjoying this podcast, please remember to subscribe, 
leave a rating, leave a comment, share it with your friends, share it on social media, let other people know about this wonderful podcast and uh, some other things I did a review for In the Height this In the Heights this weekend. Um, and then I did a lot of stuff this week. I'm doing Loki episode reviews. I've got my Ghibli movie podcasts. I've got my DC Animated Movie Universe podcasts. And uh, because I did my movie review early, maybe I'll get an extra uh, Ghibli or DC AMU movie in uh, this coming week. So stay tuned for that. And uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I really do appreciate it. And uh, I love interacting with people on Twitter about about Bad Batch, about these movies, about 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 media in general. So uh, make sure you join me on there. And uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, take care. Do what you've got to do. Stay safe. Stay well. Stay healthy physically and mentally. Uh, take care of your mental health. And uh, let's remember to always be kind to one another. Thanks, everybody.